Hello, everyone. Welcome to Room 1710. I'm your host, Jarvis. And today I got a very special guest with me. Uh, he's a very good friend of mine who I met through mutual friend, helped me in my journey and my podcast while he was doing his own. Uh, went through very difficult obstacles in his life, had a huge life and career change, and he's here to share his story. I'd like for y'all to welcome Roger. Hey. Hey, everyone. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, first off, thanks for, for inviting me here. Oh, man. No, allowing me to you. be here. <laughs> um, it's definitely, it, I wouldn't say it's an honor, but it's definitely, it's, it's cool to see uh, something come into fruition, something we've talked about in the past. Yeah. And fostering that relationship over the years. Like yeah. We could we could have easily dwindled and, and not be friends anymore, and then this would never happen. Absolutely. So I think everything happens for a reason. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see the result of that that the relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a while, and it came. I've come a long way too. Yeah, good. Just in the process of just starting this, and just to really be here in this good. journey. So it means you're and winning I, already. <laughs> very true. Very yeah. true. Uh, made a lot of mistakes though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a sure. lot of mistakes, and you know, still continue to make them too. But we're here to learn. Uh, Speaking of, we're here to learn. Um, I learned a lot from you, just talking with you and like why you started your podcast. So can you kind of touch on the subject? Uh, you had the podcast uh, Bucket Stop Blog, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, so kind of give you a background of or if anybody who's never heard of it. So I don't run the podcast anymore, but in the past, yeah. um, the, the idea behind it was I would interview people and I would ask them the same question. If you were given 24 hours to live absolutely however you wanted to live and not regard uh, money, not regard time, just do anything that you absolutely want to do without responsibility, without obligations, what would that look like? And then we would talk about it and then they would lay out everything they would do. They would literally walk me through the day from, you know, some people wake up at 4 a.m. and they'd walk me all the way to the time they fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And we go through every detail and at the very end, I would encapsulate everything that they would tell me and, and try to put them in, in four particular buckets. And so sometimes those buckets would be family. Everything they described was family-related. Something was uh, career-related. Some things were traveling-related. So those are examples. The, I, the whole point of it was setting these, these little four buckets, you know, were just an analogy for priorities. Mm -hmm. So if we were to live our perfect day, we would identify those four priorities and now that we're not living that dream world, when we walk into our regular world, we could totally have a better sense of what our priorities are and how we should attack our current day, our reality, and make it, you know, kind of slowly shift into that perfect day, which we just talked about. Yeah. Which is very hard to do. It, it, it was not an easy task to get people to, to, to basically dream right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> and then realize, hey, like, oh, sometimes I am living the dream. Everything I just described is exactly how my day is right now. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. But then you also see some people who just, their days were complete opposite. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, a wake-up call for them and um, and just a learning experience for me. So that was the idea behind the podcast. And then you said the, the why. Like, why did I even come up with this question uh, why did I attack these people, or not attack, but approach these people with the same question and repeat the conversation over and over? Yeah, exactly. And the biggest reason why is because at that time in my life, I was very, very lost. I was in a career. I hated that career. I quit that career. And then I didn't know what to do with, with my life. And what were you doing? I was an engineer. Okay. Yep. 
And so I went to school for engineering. And the only reason why I went to school for engineering was because I was good at math. And my high school counselor said, just go to engineering. Huh. So someone tells me what to do, I'm going to do it. Especially as a kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. With no guidance, right? With the only no person who would guide me was my school counselor. So she was like, go be an engineer. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I got into engineering. Uh, then I, I, I went full force that career. I didn't like any day of it. I did like the people that I met, but yeah. I didn't like any of the, the things that were happening in the day-to-day life of it. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I quit, I, I had no, no sense of what to do, no sense of what my purpose was, no sense of what was really important to me. So this question was, and this whole podcast experience that I had, was to understand what's important to me and by doing so, I had to listen to what was important to other people, almost like a sense of inspiration or a sense of motivation of these are the things that are important to people. Family is important to that person. And I didn't realize how important family was to me because mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I didn't enjoy my job was because I was spending 10 hours a day away from my family. Yeah. And one of the things that's important to some people would be you know, physical activity. Well, that makes sense because when I was at my career previously mm-hmm. i would literally sit in a cubicle or in an office and i didn't do any physical activity yeah and if you know anything about me physical activity is super important it's, big. it's the only thing that keeps me sane yeah so this is a sense of i'm listening to everybody everybody else tell me what they love and it, it helps me understand what i love yeah and that's why i did what i did in that experience yeah and and not to be like so abstract i had like these little physical goals like it can't just be start a podcast like what are my actual goals from this and it was i i really wanted to just talk to as many people as i could Mm -hmm. which i set a number i set 50 people oh okay i didn't know you had a goal yeah yeah i set 50 people and i literally set up as many interviews as i could with exactly 50 people and as Mm -hmm. soon as i hit the 50 mark i was done Mm. yeah that's why i stopped that's why i stopped the podcast because Mm -hmm. i just wanted to hit that 50 take notes journal about everything that i experienced and learned from every single person that talked to me and i still have all of those notebooks Hmm. the podcast was just an experience it wasn't something i was trying to monetize it wasn't something that i was trying to get entertainment to people it was something that was for me and hopefully it was beneficial to the people that were actually listening or the people that i was talking to. yeah it was definitely beneficial to Mm -hmm. other people yeah uh, because it challenged them to really just question what's important to them mm-hmm. because um i know just like me and you talked uh like last week we had money as a high priority up there and stuff like that and kind of as you get older and you kind of realize thing of course money is very important very valuable but it's not as important as we think it is uh so for instance money i mean not money uh family probably be more valuable than money of course health and everything of that nature so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, let me ask you, um, how long were you an engineer before you decided to just quit? Yeah, I was an engineer for seven years. Seven years, okay. Yeah, seven years. Okay. I had some, I had a small stint in education, and then seven years in engineering, mm-hmm. and then, ironically, I'm back in education, so. That's good. Yeah. What was it about engineering that you didn't like so much? Because, you know, a lot of people, that's that's really big, and you're making good money and, you know, you're able to provide for your family. That's enough for a lot of people. Uh, but for you, you just weren't happy. Uh, like you said, one thing was like sitting in the cubicle all day, you know, movement was very important. You weren't able to do that, spending time away from your family. Um, but kind of what else is there, if anything, that, you know, you just didn't like? It just wasn't for you anymore. Yeah. I, not to knock any engineers out there. Like, that's not 
I don't yeah. I don't want anybody to take it personally. If that's your career, you know, by all means, please do continue to do what you yeah, love absolutely, to do. Absolutely. If I had to generalize, maybe it, I was you know, internally, I think, reflect on it. It wasn't engineering that I disliked. Yeah. It was the environment. It was uh, the nine to five lifestyle. It was the corporate lifestyle. Yeah, corporate. Dress up and wear a tie every single day. Yeah. Like those types of things. Watch how you say things, yeah. which means you can't really be yourself if you're constantly filtering out what you say. Yeah. Uh, how you manage your time because someone else is watching it. Like those are, those are the things that I disliked about that career I was in. Mm. So you could argue that it's not just engineering. You could say, oh, it could be someone in the healthcare administration. It could be someone in um, banking. Yeah, yeah. It could be literally any industry. Yeah. And if those qualities... Uh, are a repeat, then I would not be happy in those careers. Yeah. yeah, it happens in a lot of you know careers. Yeah, yeah. So to answer your question, it wasn't necessarily you know the calculations I was doing or, or anything like that mm-hmm. for engineering. It was more so of that kind of lifestyle, that professional corporate lifestyle that I just was not enjoyable to me. Yeah, a lot of people I know they thrive in it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So for me, it's it's funny now because now when I talk about when I when I was an engineer, I had to wear a you know a tie and, and nice clothes. Now, if you see me in jeans, <laughs> you know I'm going to work. Like that's yeah. that's like the standard. Like yeah. most of the time, I'm literally in athletic clothing because I'm getting ready for my next training session. Mm-hmm. But when I go to work, I gotta flip the script and put on some jeans. Yeah, because I hated wearing a tie. The only time you see me wearing a suit and tie is a wedding, and then by that time, <laughs> I'm drinking enough. Where the suit and tie just comes off anyway, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you definitely get on the dance floor as well. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you. I was very surprised. I was like, I did not know Roger had this in him. (laughs) Yeah. And that was another thing, right? So, like, when I was in the professional world, Mm -hmm. you you had to move a certain way and you had to talk a certain way. Yes. Right? They don't say it. You have to adapt. but, But everybody knows, like, you don't say things this way and you don't move this way. Yeah. So, like, for instance... Uh, I, I wanted to move around. Like I, I set timers and I said every every on the hour I'm gonna go walk around for five minutes. Like that was to keep me sane. Yeah. Not because it keeps me healthy, it was to keep me sane. Yeah. I'm a I'm a guy who's like I'd love to be a hamster on a on a on a hamster wheel. Yeah. So dancing was another thing. Like you can't go to you can't go to these corporate parties and kind of dance the way I do, you know, or <laughs> you I would say drink so? the way I do either, yeah. right? Because what happens? Like, let's say I go on the dance floor and there's a circle and I'm like, I'm either killing it or I'm like making a total fool of myself. Either way, You're killing it, that's man. the topic of discussion for the next 24 hours, 48 hours. Yeah. And then people will have a certain um, perspective of me, which I honestly don't really care about. Yeah. But it might affect the future of my career, right? Yes. Whereas you go to a wedding, you can make a total fool of yourself, and it's it's acceptable. Everybody accepts the fact that you're making a fool of yourself because it's a party. Yeah. And they won't even remember you the next day. Yeah. But in a career professional setting, everybody watches you. Everybody remembers you. Yeah. Yeah, that fear of being judged yeah. and watched all the time. Yeah. Just under someone's eye. It's even worse, like, being in high school, really. That's what I would say. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, forget about a, um, you know, probably, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
not your resume, but you know, if you if you're always staying in trouble and you know you have a your your permanent record, that's what I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember being in school and worrying about my record. I never really got in trouble or anything because I was like, I don't want that to go on my record. You know, if mm-hmm. everybody's gonna be watching. But with corporate, it's a whole nother story. Um, like you said, just dancing, even if you're good, you know, some people may even be intimidated by that, and you your boss, your manager may not like that everybody loves you so much. So you're constantly worried, like, dang, you know, I don't want to do too much of this because then this person's not going to like me and it's going to cause me to lose my, you know, possibly lose my job, which, you know, I have a family and kids and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot dealing with survival. Um, also, I want to kind of touch base on it. When you made that decision to leave, what was that feeling? Relief for Relief. me. I would say it's completely different for my wife. Were you scared? No. Okay. No. I was so ready to leave. And so something about me is I don't I don't get scared very easily mm-hmm. like other people do. So the, the idea of not knowing fears people. For me, it excites me. Okay. So Fear excites you. Yeah. So I I bring up my wife because I didn't have a plan. You know, yeah. normally it's like, okay, let's talk about it. Let's have a plan before you pull the trigger. For mm-hmm. me, I was like, okay, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I don't have a plan, but I'm still going to pull the trigger. And so that, of course, it led to a little bit of turmoil. Yeah. But the belief that she had in me was very obvious, right? It became more obvious because I wasn't going to turn down. Like, because you try to, she never really tried to talk me out of it. She mm-hmm. just said, you know, I'm super scared. I don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I, and for me, I said, don't be scared just realize or believe that I will make something out of this. Yeah. And that that fear that she had completely flipped, right? Same thing here. That day. Not that day. Oh, I mean, okay. I, mean I wish. <laughs> I wish I was that convincing. Heck no. <laughs> you could be. No, but, but it was definitely, it was an evolution. I call it an evolution. It was an evolution of she was scared of the unknown. Yeah. Sometimes she is now, but she's much better at, expecting the unknown which is a completely different mindset so for me i expect the unknown when i quit my job and had no plan i expected the unknown i wasn't scared i wasn't scared of it but that does rely on the characteristics that i have like i'm super resilient i'm super laser focused whenever i actually find something Mm -hmm. and people i'm reliable like people know that if they ask me to do something it's going to be done Mm -hmm. and that Nowadays, I'm you know managing people. I'm starting to realize how rare that is to mm. be reliable for to be a a, a solution minded person versus a problem minded person. Hmm. And so, whenever I quit my job, I didn't see a problem. I saw a potential solution out there that I need to go find. So, that is rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was super excited. Uh, I did not have a plan when I quit cold turkey. My wife was pregnant at the time, so that also explains why she was so scared, right? Yeah. I completely understand. It's and like nothing was scary about that. How many kids did you have at the time? I had when I finally, finally left engineering, I had one one in one in the oven. One and one in the yeah. oven. Yeah. And it was No, let me think back. It was two and one in the oven. Yeah. It was wow. two and one in the oven. Which really, I mean, kids, kids are kids. So it really makes no difference how many kids you have. If you're gonna quit cold turkey, it affects everybody. So if you have one kid, it's it's tough. If you have two kids, it's still tough. Yeah. So, and that's why it's hard for me to remember because it was it was tough regardless. But 
she was on my insurance at the time, which makes it super scary, right? Yeah. And when you talk about medical experience, expenses and you have a kid kid coming, so you also have more incurred expenses. Like anybody who's not in that kind of mindset who's ready will be super scared. Was she working at the time? She was, but like part-time. Okay. Part-time. So I can see how much of the unknown gets escalated because you got one in your belly, you got two over there. Uh, how am I going to pay the next bill? Yeah. So I don't know why I wasn't scared. I think I think it's because I knew I knew if I stayed, and that was the argument I made, I knew that if I stayed in this career that I was completely unhappy with that made this much money. Yeah. Am I going to be the father that I need to be to my kids? Am I going to be the husband I need to be with, with my wife at this job that I'm completely unhappy with? Mm-hmm. And it was a resounding, like, get out. Mm. Because, because if I didn't, if I didn't quit cold turkey, then I would just settle. And for me, we only have one life to live, and if I'm just trying to live in in a settled lifestyle, then that's completely mediocre and unacceptable. Did you ever see any of your friends or family ever do anything like this? No, like actually, I mean everybody. the The people closest to me were like, "This totally makes sense of you." Really? Yeah, they were like, "Roger, you are when you when you find something that you want to do, mm-hmm. you no one's going to talk you out of it and you always find a way out." That's yeah. generally what people think of me, my closest circle. Yeah. The people who are not so close to me are always asking like, "So, what's your plan? What are you going to do next?" "Oh, you don't have a plan?" "Good luck." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It I get it. So, there was the people who were like coworkers, right? Coworkers definitely. Oh, we we hate to see you leave, but we, you know, as long as you have an idea of what you're gonna do, and then you respond with, "I don't really have an idea with, with what I'm gonna do." <laughs> yeah, people are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, so you got two kids, and you have no plan, and you have no income. You sound like an idiot." Yeah. 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 Which I get. Maybe you know, from the outside looking in, I am an idiot. But from the inside looking out, I see opportunity. Wow. Yeah. That's very brave. Um, yeah, brave and a lot of courage to kind of just step out there and just jump, you yeah. know. But I know that you were very high on passion. Um, so I don't know. Like, I guess sometimes with passion, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but also scary, uh, you know, me personally speaking, because it's the unknown, like how we, we've kind of been talking about. So um, I guess my question is, too, would be, like, why did you choose passion over survival, you know? Yeah. Because you're a father. Yeah. Um, and that's tough. You know, you're a father and a husband. Excuse me. Let me clear that up, too. So, you know, I guess I know with a lot of people in this world, uh, except for probably one percent us, right? But we're we're really stuck in survival mode. You know, um, growing up sometimes, you know, I know, for instance, for me, when I was a kid, uh, seeing other kids like, hey, you know, I want to play video games for a living. You know, that was our passion type mm-hmm. stuff. Then your parents, you know, or your guidance counselors like, that's not a real job. You can't do that. You need to do this. You, you know, if you want to have a certain type of lifestyle, you can't do this. But you chose to ignore everything that you've been taught, and you chose passion. Is this like the first time you kind of really chose your passion over like what you've been told before? Yeah, I would say so. I would say 
the people that I surround myself with would not have necessarily done what I did. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because of exactly what you said. Do I choose passion or, I do, or do I choose survival? And now, and there's some sense where people do exactly what they love to do. Yeah. And passion and survival are on the same boat. Exactly. I don't want to take that away from those people. Yeah, we're just talking about you. Yeah, for me. your journey. For me, those are very two different things. So you didn't have an end goal when you made this decision. That's you correct. just just didn't just jumped in. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's tough. Um, so, so to answer your question, I think mm -hmm. I understand your question, is like if I didn't – what was – was my discontent powerful enough to choose passion over survival? Mm -hmm. Was I right? Kind yeah. of generally what you were asking. Yeah. And the, the, the answer is yes. And the, and the reason why is because you can't, well, let me, let me, let me take a step back. We, let's first define passion because passion can mean a lot of things to different people. Mm -hmm. People think that passion is this overwhelming, ex overwhelming thought, this overwhelming feeling that drives you. Yeah. To me, I never felt this, and I still don't really feel that sense of overwhelming passion. Mm -hmm. Right. I know what survival looks like. I know what content looks like, but I never felt this overwhelming degree of passion. So for me, I had to redefine what passion is. And there was a term that someone, or a phrase that someone used, I don't know if it was social media or, or whatever, but it really stuck with me, right? Passion is, passion is the thing that you do when no one is watching. And that stuck with me, hardcore. Because what do I do when I'm in the garage and there's no one around, there's mm -hmm. no AC and it's super hot, what am I still doing that no one else is doing and no one else is watching? I'm always working out. I'm always physically moving. Right, mm -hmm. and and if you could generalize that, is I'm still working, so I have this passion to improve myself, while at the same time I have this passion to pass on this experience that I have to other people. Mm -hmm. So, and it's it's not because I have this overwhelming feeling; it's because I will do this when no one pays me. I will do this when no one cares anything about me, because. It's just something that my body and my mind tells me to do. Gotcha. And so I purposely put myself in these odd situations so that I can experience a lesson and I can take that lesson and pass it on to people. Mm -hmm. And I guess you could spin it around and coin a term and call it passion. Yeah. That is way more valuable to me than survival in a career that I'm unhappy with. Yeah. So... In, in real numbers, I made, let's say, let's call it six figures. I make half that now. And so I'm still surviving, right? So surviving also has a redefinition. That's correct. For me, in the past, survival was be comfortable, pay my bills without question. That was survival. Yeah. But that could mean a lot of things because survival here in this passion bucket, I made no money. I hit unemployment. I did all these things where I was at zero, starting from scratch, but I was w twice as happy as mm. I was in this survival, you know, yeah. street. And did your happiness affect your family, like, kind of instantly? Like, did they notice, like, the change in you? Yes. Okay. Yes. We, my wife is very vocal about it, and there was, I would, she calls it a growth curve, right? So whenever that, that, that moment happened, Mm -hmm. There was this exponential growth curve of everything mm -hmm. that 
of, of my intellectual self, my emotional awareness, all of it just exponentially grew because I wasn't bombarded by this thing that I was so uncomfortable with, yeah. so disliked, or I don't know what the word is, but unhappy with. Yeah. And I dedicated a lot of my time trying to figure out this 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 passion bucket, mm-hmm. and, and that for me, uh, you know, unintentionally helped develop me a lot more. And so, so to answer your question, it, it wasn't instant, right? I mean, like I remember one of my goals was to read a book every every week for two years straight. Yeah. And so I did that. And okay. So I would say, like, if you if you could use the word instant, it would like a minimum of two years because yeah. I read, I read so diligently that I just picked up so much information along the way and I was consistent. Mm. So it's, I would never use the word instant. I think that's dangerous. I would say consistent is a powerful word that most of us don't emphasize enough. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah. 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 I just use instant because, you know, you mention relief sometimes, right? So it's kind of like, you know, excuse for being vocal or too graphic, but like when you use the bathroom, you just feel instant relief. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I was asking on that. Um, so did you ever feel any pressure from like the outside world, um, you know, excluding like your wife and your kids, of where your journey should go? Like, did they kind of question you if you were making the wrong decision, you know? Yeah, I would say like the people I purposely talked to mm-hmm. never questioned my intentions. Okay. They kept asking me the details of my intentions. Like I had a very close friend of mine who hit the husband and wife. Husband was like, "You I get it. You're doing exactly what I thought you would do." Yeah. While the wife is like, "But what about your family?" Yeah. I still love you, but what about your family? I'm so worried about your family and, and your health. Like I just want you to be okay. And what about comparing, you know, your journey to other people? You know, you probably, you know, starting over, right, in this new journey that's, you know, very new. I won't say very new, but uh, just very different. You have no sight of where it's going. No one you personally know has gone through what you're going through. So it's all brand new. You're just taking it step by step, bear come by bear come. So did you kind of like sometimes look up and then look at other people who may seem happy and, you know, kind of, I guess, judge yourself if you're making the right decision? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So you and I have a mutual friend. I won't name any names, but you and I have a mutual friend who's who's someone I've looked up to for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And when I... When I was working this career, one of my goals was to reach this pinnacle of where he's at. Mm-hmm. And here I am, I quit cold turkey, and I'm basically the exact opposite. And we're talking financially here. Yes. Right? Yes. So when you're so far behind, when you're basically at zero, and you, ha- and you can't even see the end in sight, to me, this is a good thing. Now you need to stop looking at that person, and you need to reestablish a baseline and what your true priorities are. Mm-hmm. So for me, when he, that person was so far away, their, you know, their income and their net worth is so far away, they're unattainable. Then it makes me realize I'm chasing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I'm chasing this million dollar, multi million dollar net worth. Yeah. But why? Like, why is that important to me? And I realize the only thing that I want is not necessarily a multi million dollar bank account. It's the idea that I can make a decision and not be bombarded by the expense of it. Hmm. 
And it turns out many of the majority of my decisions are not that expensive, right? I live a very simple lifestyle and so does my family. We don't, we don't thrive to go across the world every month, right? That's not a thing for us. Yeah. It would be nice, but it's not something that we love and we need to do. What we need to do is laugh and be in an environment where we can laugh and love and be excited and have adrenaline rushes, Yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's generally what people do. Uh, and why do they do the things they do? If they travel, they're looking for that rush. They're looking for that experience, that perspective. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things that, that you can go find over there and spend your money on over there, we have scenarios where we can do the same thing. Yeah. And that was a realization for me is I stopped chasing this person who was unattainable. Yeah. I stopped chasing money. And then I started focusing on what was important to me. And, you know, consequently, positively, that financial, you know, bonus, mm-hmm. so to speak, blessing starts trickling back in. And now I can make decisions and not be so overwhelmed or actually doubtful of the expense. Yeah. So, that would be, I, th- I think that answers your question is just like comparing, right? And so now yeah. they're so far away, I, I literally stopped comparing. Right? Your circumstance is different from mine. The only thing that I do compare is you as a person. Mm. Like what characteristics do you have? What characteristics do I have? Not necessarily what money you have, what car you drive. I could care less about that. What really matters to me is how much work are you putting in in whatever you decide to do? And how does that compare to the hard work that I put in and whatever so. I decide to do. And is that something that you learned on your podcast journey as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What but, was the biggest inspiration or comparison that like kind of came up, if you can think of one, to where it's just like someone kind of just shook you, like, you know, kind of changed everything on, you know, how much work you had to put in? I would say not necessarily how much work, how much work, but why you work. That was kind of like a okay. shaking moment. Okay. Right. So I see people Talk who work. Talk about that. I can't. I really don't want to name names, but there yeah, are people yeah, who yeah. work like eighty hours a week. And the first thing I thought is like, why? Yeah. Why would you burn eighty hours a week? And then when you start talking to them, like the reason why I burn eighty hours a week is because I want my kids to understand what hard work looks like. Mm. I want my clients to know that someone out there is doing their absolute best to get them the the product or the service that they want. So that they can go to, so they can go to sleep at night, and have satisfaction that someone did something right today. Yeah, like that. Those kind of phrases and messages were super powerful, because not did anyone say anything about money, right? Mm-hmm. But the time that they put in was important, so that the results that come out or the people that observe their lifestyle understand that it's not because of this money; it's because of the why and the why yeah. is I want to serve people, I want to serve my family, I want to be a good example, I want to set a generation of characteristics so that people that generation or a characteristic for that generation to follow. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, that why kind of reminds me of you know of course definitely one of my favorite athletes, but uh, Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and when he talks about the Mamba mentality. Yeah, so that's kind of what you're touching based on is like the why so you know really for someone like kobe and of course other athletes not all but you know it was the purpose the why like you never heard them talk about money 
you never heard them talk about that. It was everything else. Mm-hmm. The money kind of just came. Uh, so I find that very profound that, you know, even other people see that, you know. Um, yeah, that's that's great. Uh, I also had another question, too. I was going to touch base on that. Uh, wow, I lost my train of thought. Uh, give me one second. Yeah. Um, we'll just kind of piggyback off of Kobe Bryant, right? Like, <laughs> like there's there's many superstars and celebrities that I that I started to follow, especially ooh, those are my keys. It's okay. That I started to follow, and it wasn't because their status; it was because I started to observe the amount of work and their approach to the work, mm-hmm. and that was profound, right? So Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, I remember hearing stories about uh, whenever he would win a game or win a championship, he was still in the gym. He was still on the court shooting for hours after the game. Yeah. And it's not because, you know, the rest of the team was celebrating and he was like, oh, I don't want to celebrate with them. It was more so that there was something in that game that he was not satisfied with. And he grinded until he could sleep at night because mm-hmm. of that mishap or whatever whatever the, the, the case may be. Yeah. And that's a very extremely, extremely, extremely rare characteristic. And that's why he is who he is, right? So I'm not trying to be a Kobe Bryant, and I don't think anybody should really try to be a Kobe Bryant. No. What they should do is try to encapsulate and try to take hold of that certain characteristic that he had. Yeah. And if you do it as consistently, and I said that word before, if you, if you do that consistently with, with anything that you do, you will become inevitably a Kobe Bryant of whatever venture you decide to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever watch the? Um, I forget the exact name of it, but I think it was like the Redeem Team uh, documentary, like on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, okay. I did see that. So you saw the effect that like Kobe had the Kobe on, effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that was tremendous. all the superstars were yeah. like, we. I mean, they would go out and party, and they would come back, and he would be drenched, drenched in in sweat because he was in the gym while they were going partying. Yeah. They would all go to sleep. They would wake up, and he was already drenched again because he woke up before them and put in mm-hmm. hours. I remember watching that, and um, even to this day, you know, the dream, I don't remember what year it was, but it was at least a decade ago. The 08, is that the 08? That was the Redeem. The 2012 was the, well, wait, which one are you trying to refer to? Because I know 08 was the Redeem team, and then 2012, I don't know what they they actually won, right? Yeah, they won, but they compared that them to, like, the dream team of 1992. Yeah, so uh, I'm talking about the uh, the twelve, the one. Okay. Yeah, the twelve, and so when they actually, when they actually won, um, it was the same thing. Like, no one had really experienced that level of work ethic until they met Kobe, right? Mm-hmm. And so, even to this day, in their own championships, in their own teams, in their own careers, they still have this comparison of that experience with Kobe, which is. There was this guy who just would not let up. Yeah. Even in in, in practice, even in um, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, scrimmages, right? I'm yeah. Trying yeah. to think of the word. It's okay. Practice in scrimmages, scrimmages yeah. yeah. In scrimmages, like he would Workouts. go hard as if it was the actual championship. And yeah. so, you know, years, decades later, they're still thinking about it. And that's what I want. That's what I want my kids to want is don't yeah. try to be me. Don't try to be Kobe. Don't try to be any of that. Just take characteristics of them that made them who they are. And that's what you need to thrive and, and be consistent with. Yeah, being the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this too. Um, 
when you first started your podcast, right, you had the four buckets. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you had your own personal four buckets when you first started. Did you think about that before the podcast? Like, what were your own? Yeah, I mean, quite a few years and, ago, but I would say I did. And to break it down before you start, yeah. too, just for people, if we didn't thoroughly explain it, your podcast was the whole purpose of it is if you had 24 hours, how would you break down uh, like the four important things to you that you would constantly repeat, correct? Right. Like if it was an exercise that people were doing at home, mm-hmm. they would think about given 24 hours, how would you do exactly what you wanted to do? Don't yes. think about money. Don't think about time. Don't think about expenses, anything like that. Yeah. And then- Write it all down and then encapsulate it into four buckets. Yeah, right? correct, so correct. Yes, and then repeat that day. So that's a very di- this is a this is a good disclaimer. The the this is not a twenty four hours to live. This is not like you're gonna die in twenty four hours. Yeah, <laughs> right. This is the same twenty four hours you'd repeat three sixty five a year. Yeah, and that's a very different kind time? of mindset. Like don't go YOLO, right? If anybody <laughs> uses that word anymore. But I still do. Yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> Only to myself. Yeah. I don't say it out loud. Yeah. So it's 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 what what you would do repeatedly every day that would truly make you happy as if you were, you know, in your in your quote unquote heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So to go back to the question, did you have your own set for before starting? Before starting, no. Okay. Remember I had no idea what I was doing in my life. And then I went through the venture, I had the conversations, and then at some point I decided, okay, I think I understand my four buckets. Okay, okay. It was after the fact. Wow, wow. Okay, I didn't expect that. I thought you probably had your own idea of what your personal four buckets were before asking other people the question. But no, you didn't. Because I was going to ask you, did yours change? Well, I can still ask you that. Did it kind of change throughout? Over the years, yes, it did. Throughout those 50 people? Yeah. It did, okay. Uh, Even after the whole podcast adventure, like years passed and I still live my life and it's really... How has my four buckets changed? Yeah. And every day I really do think about like what is really important to me today. Yeah. Because we forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. We we get stuck in the routine um, and autopilot is what I like to call it. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons why I like to travel because it gets me out of the environment of autopilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like one thing I like doing is like driving, right, uh, when I'm traveling because I don't know where I'm going, so I'm constantly just thinking of where I'm going, except for, you know, when I'm here home, I already know it's just autopilot. I don't have to think. It's just there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that. Be, uh, that's one thing I really liked about your podcast, especially when I, I was on there, too, because it had me think. It had me question. Um, and, yeah, just – and also, too, something I wasn't very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Very comfortable with was being vulnerable. You know, because we didn't know each other for too long, and so you're asking me these questions, and so it's like, wow, like, I really have to think about who I am and then say this. Uh, And sometimes, as much as I like to talk and listen, sometimes it's hard for me to open up. Um, But it was good. That's a gift and a curse for me. Like, anybody who who just met me or has known me for years, I'm going to ask the same type of questions. Mm. And so that's that's something that like I don't like small talk. I don't like beating around the bush. Like I'm a very direct person, <laughs> yeah. which is also a curse, right? Like if you just met me and I'm sitting here asking about your life meaning, 
Like, that's not something people want to open up to. No, it's not. But if you're not going to open up to me about it, then do we really need to have this conversation? Are we going to be friends in the Seriously. next, you know, five days? Probably not. So, Seriously. you know, let's just cap it out and move on. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I don't like surface level type conversations. Like, it's cool in the beginning to kind of, you know, um, you know, feel everything out. But I like to really get to know who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like if on first dates, we're going to have deep conversations and stuff like that. I think that's why podcasts have grown so much. People want people don't want small talk. They want to dive yeah. directly into the things that really do matter yeah. to a certain person. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you're able to do this means that you are being your true self. You're not you're, Absolutely. you're not you're not trying to hide anything to to a total stranger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I may only have under twenty episodes, uh, but I do this every day i talk every day with people i have very meaningful conversations um just working on trying to make sure i share it more with people that's the hard uh, part yeah it is people don't understand <laughs> that's the hard part, at least yeah. i hope some people do but it it is hard but you know i enjoy it because it's worth it in the end because it's something that i get to look back on uh, or other people get to look back on and so uh, they mean a lot to me. Uh, even the people who I do these podcasts with, like I may, you know, some stranger, right? I may just be someone who they met, got on the podcast with. But to me, it's just like, no, it was very important because this is like my own personal baby type stuff. Um, but yeah, it, I, I love it. It, it. it gives me a lot of purpose. And, you know, just kind of like how with you, you know, just learning about what's important. Um, and that's essentially one of my goals is, is just like talking about what's important. Also to just, you know, normal talk as well, entertainment. Yeah. I think we need that. It can't always be serious and just, you know, you know, live life, laugh, have fun. Just like how you said, that's what's very important to you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know where we're going with that, but yeah, um, that's just something that I really personally enjoy podcasting. Um, well, I guess, um, with your friends with doing this, did you have any influence on like someone making a big change in their life as well? Do you know if you did? Like, I would hope you so. inspired. Did I, you see anybody else kind of? I wish through? I could be that confident, you know, with a confident <laughs> response. Yeah, I inspired people. I I really did. I couldn't tell you. I I would hope so. Yeah. Um, the I did get positive res- feedback. Right, positive yeah. feedback would be you know. You're very articulate. You're very good with communicating your words and asking great questions. Like those are feedbacks that I got, and I would assume that those who were listening and, and made those comments took something out of it, other than just yeah. something for me. Like right, so I would say that the the more you dig into people's thoughts, mm-hmm. right, the more you dig into people's thoughts, the more they are required to self reflect. So I wouldn't say I inspired people, but I would say I gave them a nudge. Yeah. Right. The the whole the the reason why I like to ask questions is because it when you see them start to kind of squint their eyes and really like think about what whatever the question is related to, that's something they they would not have done had they never met me. Yeah. And that's super important to me. Right. So if I w- I still don't want to call it inspiration, but I would like to take the credit that I poked a hole into your thoughts so that you could you yourself could be more self-aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it and why you're doing it in this point in time. 
Self-awareness. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. So I would say that was what I could benefit to others. Yeah. Like I was very good at poking holes at people. Yeah. One thing I can say that I personally benefit off of just talking to you and just being around you is the calmness you have within like journey, whatever journey you're going through. For instance, like for me, right, I could just be in a, you know, point of, excuse me, a time in my life to where I'm just not working. I probably was on the road, contract role, you know, I'm looking for the next job and stuff like that. So around me is just chaos. It's the bills, it's people questioning, hey, what are you doing? Are you doing this or, you know, doing that? And so, you know, it's a lot of chaos and you kind of question yourself, you know, am I doing something wrong? Am I not doing enough? Those type of questions kind of come. But talking with you and just hearing your journey, it's just like a breath of fresh air and it's just like, you know, it's calm. It's just like I'm at where I'm supposed to be. You know, it's going to be okay. I'm resilient. I was built for this. I'm going to land on my feet. I know how to fly. Uh, but sometimes, you know, with other people, you know, with the questions, it just feels like chaos and it's like I'm not doing something right. I'm stressed because everybody's telling me this, telling me that, and I'm starting to feel that way. Mm. Um, but that's one thing I can say that I benefit off of, you know, being around you is it's just like, no, it's good. It's okay. It's going to work out. Um, so that can answer your question right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said something very powerful that I that I really want to emphasize is that mm -hmm. regardless of your situation, and yeah, regardless of your situation, you will have people's expectations impounded on you, yes. right? Like literally like it feels like punches yeah. because people's expectations are you and it misconstrues your own expectations. And so now if you're constantly being punched at, you can't, there's no way that you can see your own vision, mm. right? So at some point in time, you really have to quiet it and you really have to step away from all of those punches and all of other people's expectations so that you can sit down and identify and visualize what's important to you, a clear path for you, and the steps that you, you need to take to, to reach whatever goals you have. But is it is way it is is virtually impossible for anybody to do so when punches are constantly coming at you. So one example that I use as one of my exercises was I I, I talked to my wife and I said, Hey, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do in my life. Can I have three days to myself? So what I did is said, Can I have three days to go to your this one of our family's house? And you're gonna have the kids, I understand that, but I'm gonna be completely by myself. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to blow it. I'm not going to smoke weed or drink. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to journal and I'm going to just self-reflect. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do whatever it takes so I can come out of those three days with something tangible. That was the agreement. Mm. And so when I did that, out came the podcast. Right? So that is one exercise that I would totally recommend to you or anybody who's watching who just feels like uh, there's no sense of direction. One, you have to find a way to quiet everybody else. And then two, you have to separate yourself and dedicate X amount of time to dig. Yeah. yeah. Those are like the two big things that were just going off of what you said in, your, in, in the kind of thoughts that you had. 
Yeah. That's something that was super powerful for me that I would recommend to anybody. No, nah, that's 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 a great uh response as far as digging. I will say though, how? Is it certain questions you ask yourself? Is it um you know, when you took those three days and you, you were going through your journal, but it's just like, what type of steps did you take? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Yeah. Like, what, what, is, what am I going to do when I get into this hotel by myself, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might just sit there and just like yeah. twiddle my thumbs. Yeah, and I'm no, like, for sure, for sure. Hmm. I would say what I did was <laughs> I took a large sheet of paper and in the middle, I thought of, I, I wrote my name and I thought of all the things that I like to do or love to do. Mm-hmm. So I remember writing basketball and tennis and coaching and Ironmans. And I did say math at some point, right? <laughs> then I just wrote out as many different things as I could. And then after I branched out, I called it the first circle. Okay. I took the, the first circle on the edge of the first circle. I started doing more bubbles. Like, why do I like tennis? Why do I like basketball? Why do I like coaching Ironmans? And then from there, I tried to draw a connection between each two th- characteristics. So for here, I like basketball because I said, you know, I, something like physical activity. Mm-hmm. And over here I had tennis. And so I drew this line that connected the two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at a spider web now. And the whole point of that was you're looking for a pattern, right? Like I'm a math person, so all I see are patterns. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I just put spaghetti on paper and I try to make something out of it. And from there, I started to see like, oh, you know what my strengths are? My strengths are consistency. My strengths are physical activity. My strengths are communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the characteristics that showed up in my entire spider web. Wow. So that would be the exercise. And oh, I didn't mention a career, right? Like I never said this will lead me to a career. But the self-reflection, the self, self-awareness is way more important to me than a career. Yeah. Because if I have a very good handle of these things in my spider web and what I who I truly am, then I can jump into any career I want and yeah. be successful. That's very true. Yeah. That self-awareness. Wow, that's 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 big. That's a, a really big exercise too. I might actually have to try that myself. Yeah. Um yeah, just kind of take time from myself and then just do the work. Yeah. Um, you know, and kind of where else it goes, go from there. Uh part of self discovery. Um, I guess the last question, let me ask you this too. What led you to where you're at right now as far as the love for teaching? Yeah, so those anybody who doesn't know, uh, I'm currently a, a tutor, full-time tutor, mm-hmm. but I'm also director of this particular branch that I'm in. Okay, see, so, I didn't know that part. Yeah, so I work for Congrats. a company, um, but I direct and manage my own section of the city. Okay. And I also tutor, right? Yes. So to answer your question, what led me here and how did I get here, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I, you know, I went on Indeed and I thought, okay, I'm going to need something. Like I applied for everything, dishwashing. Uh, I remember one of our friends, one of our friends helped me, gave me a job and let me, you know, help him set up tents. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. what a blessing he was. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> but... I applied for everything, and I knew that, okay, you know, I'm a math person, so it makes sense that I just apply for math tutoring. So when I did that, I landed an interview, I hit it off with a person, and the amount of autonomy that she gave me was the biggest blessing of all. Hmm. She let, this person let me make every decision I wanted, how many clients I took, what pay rate I wanted, 
what my schedule would look like, who I don't want to talk to. You know, every every decision I ever wanted to make, she gave it to me. Wow. And that only works if you have a certain characteristic of discipline and consistency. And so for me, I said yes to everybody. I tutored 60 kids a week. I was doing a lot. Wow. And I was consistent. And I was reliable. And those things carried over for the next two years. She transitioned out. She made a recommendation that I would be the boss. And I'm now I'm my own boss. Wow. So the reason why I chose to stick with tutoring, right? Mm -hmm. Like why did I take 60 hours a week or 60 students a week um, for, the, for, you know, for two years straight or whatever? Yeah, it's a good question. It's because, one, what did I say I was good at? I said I was very good at communication. So I'm very, I'm very good at communicating what I know to someone else. Just because you're a tutor, just because you're really good at a certain subject does not make you a good tutor. It does not make you a good teacher. Yes. Right? Yeah. You can have a PhD person who's, you know, the expert of their knowledge base, but be a very terrible communicator. Yeah. So for me, I, I thrive in flipping the script. If you are great at communication, like and you, you show a sense of empathy and compassion for the person you're talking to, then whatever you know, your knowledge base, your expertise is secondary. And so that's, that's why I did so well, or I do so well as a tutor, is because I'm very, I'm very great at communicating something that they're having an issue with. So I, you know, nine times out of ten, I have a solution, and I can communicate that six different ways. Mm. Right. So one plus one is two. Well, I can I can definitely show you four or five di different ways to convey that one plus one is two. So that's communication. The other one is physical activity. Right. The like the, the, what's so great about tutoring, which is very different than teaching. Is that I have a choice to talk to one person, get in my car and drive somewhere else. I'm not stuck in the cubicle office anymore. I don't mm. even have a cubicle or an office. We don't even have a building. Yeah. Right. So I have the freedom to go and go into these different places and I'll meet a new student, right? I have no idea where they live. I have no idea what their family is like, but I get to walk in into the unknown on purpose. Yeah. So all the things that I love to do show up on a day-to-day -day basis because I choose to. So that's why I have fallen in love with what I do. And it's not, again, it's not that overwhelming sense of passion. It's just these are things that I'm really good at that I do consistently. Mm -hmm. And so, and it just so happens to be tutoring. Mm. And, and I don't see an end goal. I don't see myself quitting, you know, in the next 10 years. Yeah. Right. Because you're asking me to be a great communicator. You're asking me to be physically active and you're asking me to pass on something that's important to other people. Yeah. Like, why would I say no to that? Yeah, yeah. And kind of to even piggyback, you're poking holes like how you did earlier. Absolutely. With the people the podcast. Not even just the students, right? Like, I'm not trying to poke holes in their math or science knowledge. Yeah. I get to talk to the parents, and I get to poke holes at You talk their, to the parents as well. Oh, that's that's the bread and butter. It's not, <laughs> I mean, it's not even like the relationships you, would, you have with the students, right? It's yeah. hard to have a rapport with a student. But it's even harder to have a rapport with a parent. Mm. It really helps that I have kids of my own. It really helps that they're a little bit older. It's high school kids usually, right? Yeah. They're a little bit older. So they've gone through some stuff that I haven't gone through. And so I get to open myself to perspective to all these parents who've, who've had the trials and tribulations of teenagers, which I have no idea what that's like. Mm. 
but I do know what it's like to have toddlers and, and you know, elementary school kids. Yeah. And they can come back and say, oh, I remember when my kids used to do that. Uh, right? Yeah. So now we have this back and forth. You get to pass on memories, and I get to ask you about experiences that you're having now. Yeah. That's that's the greatest part. Mm. That's the greatest part. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. And you, I mean, like, I remember being in the corporate world, right? I would sit there and try to ask questions, these same type of questions to, like, the CEO and the VP. And, you know, they're constantly, like... Like looking at their watch, like yeah. who's this guy asking me all these questions when I have to be at this board meeting in yeah. like thirty minutes? Yeah, I get it, but right, like now I'm in a scenario where like I'm allowed to talk to you for however long you choose to talk to me. If yeah. it's ten minutes, if it's an hour, which some of these parents talk to me for an hour after, and they're like, you know, you're just really good to talk to. Yeah, but like that's enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Yeah. One thing that I do like, I am very glad that us as humans we're evolving more so we kind of know empathy more so in the corporate some people are evolving you know some people really understand the importance of empathy which i think is huge like right there with communication and stuff like that too uh so i'm, I'm very happy and i hope that people really continue to push that forward you know because like what you're doing with tutoring and that relationship you have of teaching and moving around too. I think that's important. Some some people do actually encourage that. Uh, so I think the more that we're gathering information, I think the more that people are starting to listen, at least, you know, the smart ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's important, man. And like you said, like health. That's, you know, you didn't do it for your health, you did it for your sanity. But right there, your health, your mental health, you know, uh, like that's very important. So... Like, I'm, I'm glad some people are really starting to listen. I'm glad other people are starting to listen to themselves, listen to their body, listen to their thoughts, and really just taking care of themselves. Um, and taking care of your people as well, because the more you take care of, uh, you know, the people who work for you, the better results you'll get for your company, the more happy people will be, you know, no turnover rates, thing of that nature. Everything has a cause and effect, but a lot of people are so you know, analytical driven to where, you know, you don't think about the people. Um, you know, it, it's so funny that you use the word listen, like quite a bit right there, because mm -hmm. listening was something that uh, it brings me back to a memory that I had when I was in corporate world. So the, the corporate office allowed me to give a, a workshop or a presentation on listening. Wow. Right. Like, okay. Touch on that. What, the, the role that they gave me was you can talk about any characteristics you want mm -hmm. that's important to the workplace. For, for me, it was listening. Who knew that we had to sit there <laughs> and talk to people about listening? But, yeah. you know, I did it. And th my approach to it was definitely um, unorthodox. So what I did was I put lyrics, song lyrics. I put song lyrics okay. on the screen. And I said, everybody read these lyrics. You, some of you may know this song. Some of you don't. And then what I did was I played one rendition of that song. Mm -hmm. And some of them now, oh, that's the song you that you just showed us. Oh, I've never heard this song, but it's nice. And then I did a second rendition, completely different of the same song. Yeah. Right? So the reason why I did that is because we can see or we can listen to the, a bass line, mm -hmm. but our interpretation of that bass line can, va vastly, can be vastly different. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that people kind of forget is like a word here could mean completely something different to you and completely something different to me. Yeah. And if we don't have that open-mindedness mm -hmm. 
then we're going to clash immediately. Like, no, no, no. Love means this. And you come back and say, no, no, no. Love does not mean that. Love means this. And here, here we are debating what love means. And that's just an example. So the power of listening requires that we have some sort of baseline and then we openly are communicative um, and not combative of our interpretation of what we just listened. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The power of language. Yeah. 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 Or just, you know, listening. Yeah. Man, that's 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 nice. I like that you did that. Yeah. I had something similar. Uh I did mine on sleep. <laughs> so I wish I did something on listening. That I would have had fun doing something like that. But sleep is very important too. Yeah. Um I'm pretty sure you know because you're into marathons and exercising. I heard uh sleep is like the mo the biggest uh natural drug enhancement. Uh I think that's the right word I'm using. I heard that and that blew my mind. So I started doing more and more research on it. And so just the importance of sleep, um, it's it's important. So get your eight hours of sleep, your REM sleep, uh, it helps because that's the best thing you can do for your life. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Just listen to that advice. But, <laughs> well, Roger, man, I greatly appreciate you being here. Uh, man, because you, like I said, you were definitely there in the beginning uh, your podcast was the first podcast I've ever been on. Yes. Uh, and I think that's very important, really, too, because it really taught me how to be a guest and, you know, wh what you're thinking going through in that seat. Um, so um, very important to my journey. So nice. I appreciate what you did for me. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing to the world. Um, and thank you, man. Yeah. I mean, this is super fun. I get to I get to be me and hopefully uh, – inspires or yeah you know yeah, just yeah. anybody who's listening i hope that we're we're able to be self-aware i think self-awareness is a big takeaway from this thing absolutely and did, yeah go ahead oh did you want to plug in uh your podcast just in case anybody wants to listen to i know you're not doing it anymore yeah, but sure. uh, it's a good learning experience um yeah i learned a lot yeah so uh i believe the podcast was the buckets project which which is also called the buckets.blog yes and then um I'm also a tutor, so if anybody needs educational services, At Home Tutoring Services is the name of our company. You can name drop me. My name is Roger Duong, and I'd love to hear from you, whether it be about podcasting or education or just general conversations. I'm an, I'm an open book, so thank you for having me. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, man. All right. See you all later. <laughs>